0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. This is Lorraine Ball. And I'm Allison Carter. And we are your hosts for a weekly conversation on all things marketing. Yes, we are. This week we're going to talk about some of the changes in social media. Not that social media ever changes. Oh no,
1: it's always the same. Absolutely. At least in any given 15 minute period. Well, we have had some significant changes in this past month, and one of the first is Google Plus did arguably its biggest redesign since it was first launched. And it's really kind of
0: interesting because I think it's a you love it or you hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things about this particular redesign is I think they started with the mobile application and worked backwards because the mobile I really like. Well, let's
1: start by talking about what has changed on the app. So previously, Google Plus's uh, layout for its news feed was really very similar slash a ripoff of Facebook's Mm -hmm. home feed. The stories were largely horizontal in orientation, text and pictures were displayed differently, etc., etc. The new layout is really all
0: about the pictures. As a matter of fact, on your computer screen, it looks a lot like Pinterest with captions. It looks exactly and Pinterest has captions so it really just looks exactly like Pinterest. Um, And for some people I think that's a little jarring. Um, As a social network I think the pictures are are overwhelming. The pictures are too big to feel like you're going to have
1: a lot of conversation. I agree. The other thing is I think that a social network where you're inherently connected to people that you know or are interested in what they have to say is different from something like Pinterest, which is for browsing. You don't look at every pin on Pinterest. But when I'm in Facebook, maybe you do it differently. I look at every status update. Um, I browse status updates, and I only go back so far. Well, yeah, but when you're reading down the line, you at
0: least glance at everything, right? Yes, I think, and I think this goes back to fundamentally, is... Google Plus really a social network, or is it really more of an enhanced reader? And for me, I typically what I turn to Google Plus for that I don't turn to the other networks is more of the news and information from thought leaders. Um, I like to read Lewis Gray mm-hmm. on G Plus. Um, he has worthwhile things to say, and he's not he he doesn't really spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, Kawasaki's on Twitter simply puts links to Altap, but on G+, they have room to expand on their ideas. And so in this
1: format, just as in the other one, for me, it's more like a newsfeed. Well, my issue with the Pinterest style is, let's say you do want to read information from Kawasaki or Scoble or or any of the other uh, evangelists on that network. It's difficult because your eye kind of hopscotch from one to the other. And because the pictures are so prominent, I think that the text gets lost. But I think unlike with Pinterest, the text is more important on Google+. And so that's why I'm not sure that this move was the best. It makes it more difficult to digest the written word. And I think
0: perhaps, and you know, when you look at some of the other innovations that Google is bringing out, one of the big things with Google Glass is the ability to take a photo everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think they are acknowledging that we are becoming, my apologies to the writers in the room, um, we are becoming more and more a visual world. And it is about the photo on the fly. And, and this format really does it. The other thing that I really like on the mobile apps, is the way the mobile app handles um, the comments, lets you know where the comments are and it, um, unlike Twitter, you can really follow the conversation a little bit better on G+. But again, I'm looking and for the little updates and then the, that's interesting and I expect to click. I expect to go somewhere else for the rest of the story. So, I'm actually enjoying it. And again, I think it's a matter of personal preference. Um, I do think the um, the desktop version leaves a little to the imagination. Well, and
1: there's also the issue of the massive, oh. overwhelming, unusable cover photo. If you haven't been on Google Plus lately, I can't remember the dimensions off the top of my head. But on a standard size monitor, it takes up easily. Two-thirds of your screen when you first land on a page and honestly there are very few pictures that a I need to see that big or B are interesting enough To really like for instance on the round peg page our cover photo is a photo of the team We are so giant like when you when the page loads you're looking at our knees Yes, Um, I don't and I don't
0: get it because um, Really and truly I'm interested in what you have to say um, but you just contradicted your yourself. No, okay, no. But your your cover image. I'm coming back to you over and over again. I'm I'm interested in your images, but the cover image to take up, basically to take up that much room with old news. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm really saying is, I've seen that picture. Next, move on. I mean, I thought Facebook's picture was big, but compared to
1: um, G Facebook's cover image is pretty reasonably sized. Yeah, and and the cover image also has this mandatory white to black gradient on it that makes it challenging to design around, which they do it that way so that they can put white text over it with your username, but it's just not a good user experience when it comes to trying to upload a photo. And then there's the fact that their avatars are inexplicably round. And, And almost no brand looks good round. No. I mean, we're round peg, and we don't look good round. No, it's, it, it's just a baffling series of design choices, and for me, it really feeds into a larger problem with what I'm noticing with Google, and that is a lack of innovation. It used to be that Google was at the forefront of everything. Gmail, they made the best email program. Um, they were on the forefront of doing everything before anyone else and better than anyone else. Now look at what they're doing. They have no clear idea of what they want to do with Google+. All it's doing is cribbing parts of other more successful social networks. And then they've got they're rolling out products like uh, this Google All App, Google Play Music All Access, which besides being a ridiculously horrible name, is a two years too late knockoff of Spotify. Yes.
0: I, um, I think the team that was working on Google Glass, um, they took all their innovative people and they put them on a product that they're not sure there's a market for. Yeah. I just heard an interview with the, the, C- the CEO of Google and he's got an interesting job because they brought him in when the company was very, very young to be the grown up in the room. Mm-hmm. And so he's very articulate and, and he's a businessman. and the interviewer asked him, so what's the market application for the Google Glass? And he flat out said, I don't really know. We're going to give it to users and see what they come up with.
1: But see, I admire Google for that kind of balls-to-the-wall thinking, and that's what I'm saying there isn't enough of. But I think what they did is they took everybody who was creative and put them on that project,
0: mm-hmm. and what they had left over for G+, and what they've had left over for some of these other things
1: is just that it's left over. Yeah, it's it just... Everything that Google has been doing lately feels very me too, and I think that Google Glass is interesting. I'm not sure that the technology is quite there yet. From what I, I don't, I've never touched Google Glass. I've only seen videos and demos and read accounts. It doesn't sound like there's yet enough utility to be able to really get over looking like a complete goofball wearing this thing.
0: There's that, and um, and again, I haven't played with it, but. I have continually been challenged with any kind of voice recognition software. <laughs> um, maybe it's my New York accent. Maybe, maybe, um, or may, and and some of it is also just um, higher tones, higher pitches. Mm-hmm. All of these voice recognition softwares um, mm-hmm. struggle with that. And so, to have this device, um, I haven't seen proof that Google Talk. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a good example. The if I leave a message on Google Talk and I read the transcription, it's laughable. You mean Google Talk? Yeah, Google Talk. <laughs> um, it's laughable or Google Voice. Yeah, I'm sorry, not Google Talk. Google Google Voice. It is laughable, and so if they haven't upped the
1: voice recognition, I think they're going to have a ways to go mm-hmm. before they. So I really admire the creativity of Google Glass. I think that you know we're going to be there one day. I'm just not sure that putting all of their eggs in that basket was the right move because now all of their software offerings feel very phoned in. Yes,
0: and um, and even some of the products that I um, I think they they had that I really loved. Um, They eliminated Reader. Mm -hmm. I'm now using Feedly, which is... um, Everyone's moved to that. Everyone seems to love it. And and it feels just like G+. Kind of. Really? It's got... I'll show you the the interface. It definitely has a lot of the same feel to it. Um, But the other one that I think they were leading edge and just completely let go is Blonger. Yeah. Everybody forgets that Blogger is a Google product, and um, you know they were a wonderful upgrade from TypePad.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but WordPress just left out ahead of them, and
1: they never bothered to catch up. Well, you know, speaking of companies that never bothered <laughs> to catch up, that's a perfect transition to the other topic that we wanted to cover today, and that is the Yahoo acquisition of Tumblr for something like 1.1 billion with a B. Dollars,
0: And, you know, I, when I was reading about that this morning, the headline that really surprised me that they would actually come out and say this is Yahoo
1: purchases Tumblr and promises not to screw it up. Yes, this was an actual quote from their CEO. We bought Tumblr and we promise not to screw it up. Now, they have to say something like this because they've screwed up every major acquisition they've made ever. See, case in point, you guys remember GeoCities, GeoSites? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, um, Yahoo purchased that, and it went the way of the dodo. Uh, Delicious was recently shut down. There's just a long list of uh, Flickr, it's another great example, of websites and utilities that Google, uh, excuse me, that Yahoo has purchased and either systematically ignored or ran into the ground. And,
0: you know, the, um, the thing with Yahoo is they were, they were never the front runner. They had nice share, but they were never the front runner. Nobody ever looked to them for innovation, but it, it was for people who got used to using the interface, it was definitely a nice utility. Um, I think the acquisition of Tumblr gives them an opportunity to introduce their
1: other services to a whole new audience. Yes, because uh, Tumblr is one of the, right up there with Instagram and Snapchat, the youngest skewing um, social network. Uh, we're seeing more and more, you know, kids can technically get social media accounts on Facebook when they turn 13, but why would I want to be there? My parents are there. So we're increasingly seeing the tween and teen audience instead hanging out on Tumblr where they can talk to their friends and share gifts from their favorite TV shows and have like that online diary thing. Um, things that people used to use Yahoo for, but because these are people who were born in the late '90s, how old do you feel right now? <laughs> people who were born in the late '90s, they never have heard of Yahoo because by the time they were aware of what was going on, Yahoo wasn't also ran. It was like AOL,
0: it really, and it, it was. And so, the twofold. I think I think they're talking about this um, acquisition will give them a 50% increase in their overall user base. So it will bring a ton of new users to Yahoo, because in using Tumblr, they're also going to be, they'll have access to the other products. The question I have is whether or not Yahoo is going to work on their other experience. Yeah, what are you going to
1: do with that 50% of new users?
0: And what are you going to do with, I mean, how are you going to connect? And here's the big one. Tumblr and Flickr.
1: They're not the same. They're not the same, but I can't imagine anyone on Tumblr who's already on Tumblr saying, i got to be over on Flickr.
0: The only reason to be on Flickr, Tumblr is more of a a sort of a random, you know, you put the photo up, you have comments, and, and the conversations keep going. Flickr, well, and in the paid account, Flickr has a way of organizing
1: and clustering photos, so over time you can add more photos. But you can do that with tags. Yeah, you can, on Tumblr. So there's really not a compelling reason. I think my bigger question is, okay, so they get those new users, they're driving them to other Yahoo utilities, what are they going to do with them? Because now, you've got a really interesting dichotomy in the Yahoo user base, because it's going to be on the one hand, older folks, mm-hmm. people who never made the jump to Gmail and made the jump to other utilities, and then a super young audience. How are you going to serve both those masters? The word cluster keeps coming to mind. Well, and then the other other question is, how are you going to monetize Tumblr? There's been some work done with ads, but it, it, it people has really been... responded poorly to them because they were letting people pin ads to the top of of their of their uh, streams. People have simply not responded well, and so one of the Reasons that Tumblr is really smart for selling for a billion dollars is they take the money and run and don't really have to figure out how to monetize it. That's Yahoo's problem, and I'm not sure they're up to the task.
0: I think it's the same. I think it's the same question that you could have asked not all that long ago when Facebook bought Instagram. Uh huh. I mean, Facebook already doesn't have a monetization. Well, well, it does. It's not a terribly good one, but it does. You know, the thing that gets me is, is Facebook has got a um, billion, one billion user accounts. However many million Yahoo's got. An annual usage fee of
1: five dollars. People are not used to paying for things on the web. They're getting more used to they it. They are getting more used to it, but they're going to have to show that there's not a reason to jump to whatever new social networks brings up for free. The I would argue, love or hate Facebook, at least right now, for
0: the majority of us, we have too many connections and too many conversations on
1: Facebook to completely walk away. You know, I would have agreed with you a year ago, but uh, Facebook is consistently seeing downturns in page views on a month over month basis. Of course, signups are slowing because they've really quite reached saturation point in most of the developed markets. Um, I'm not sure if Facebook can't keep innovating and can't stay fresh. And again, I'm saying innovating, not adding more Pinterest-like features, not buying Instagram, being innovative, starting new things, teaching us new ways of using the web, which was what made Facebook so great in its early days. It wasn't afraid to piss its its user base off in the short term to give them something that they would love in the long term. But if they're not doing that, it's going to go the way of MySpace.
0: MySpace is coming back.
1: Um, it says who? Justin <laughs> Timberlake <laughs> bring sexy and MySpace back? Yeah, okay, maybe
0: not. Um, I think it's a. Um, I think face the difference between Facebook and Yahoo. Perhaps at this point, is there enough? I think Facebook is is accepting, or I don't know, if they're accepting. Their user base is getting older. The yes, kid, kids are not. Um, and they are shifting, I think, some of the features to appeal to that older demographic. And I
1: don't think that's a bad idea, because guess who has the money? I've never understood all this courting of the young demographic, young people don't have any money. Really young do they, because they're spending their parents' money. Yeah, but I mean, people, you know, the, the coveted demographic is like 18 to 34, and it's like, nobody under the age of almost 30 these days has any kind of money. <laughs> Certainly no one under the age
0: of 25 does. No. So it's, uh, but I think I think if Facebook and it, it'll be fun to watch. But I think if Facebook accepted that they had a demographic that was getting older and focused in on that, um, I don't know that that community necessarily wants innovation after innovation after innovation. Um, look how long it took for
1: many of them to switch from AOL to Facebook. But I think that they can't be stag No, I think there's a balance to be struck. But if you know the way that we use the web has shifted dramatically in, in just three years, two years, one year. You know, these things happen so quickly, they need to be two steps ahead of their competition. And what we're seeing right now is maybe we're just seeing, you know, Facebook's now been around, it's coming up on 10 years, it's going to be 10, 10 years in 2015 and uh, that it was open to anyone besides Harvard students, and then Google is. 15 years? I'm not sure when Google was founded. They're both getting old, they're both large, they're both losing some of their agility and their, their ability to innovate. It is harder. The bigger you get, mm-hmm. the
0: harder it is. And there's more at risk, and both of them have shareholders
1: mm-hmm. that they are accountable to. You know, I'm, I'm not a stock market guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I have to think that one of the biggest mistakes that Facebook ever made was going public.
0: I don't know that they could have continued if they didn't I don't
1: know I, I mean there's only so many rounds mm-hmm. of venture capital mm-hmm. but I mean they were making money from ads they were making money from various venues but that becomes much more when you, that becomes much more important and the margins have to be so much higher when you're reporting to investors mm-hmm. when it's not
0: just seed money mm-hmm. I just I don't know if they were I don't know that they were I don't know that they were, that they were generating enough money. To pay for the infrastructure it would have taken to continue to support it. Maybe, and so I, I don't think that they had a, cha- a choice, but I do think that it has uh, changed
1: the game for both of them. It has, and I think I think that the old boys really need to step. You know, it's so funny now to be calling Facebook and Google the old boys. They got to step it up. They got to be in the game, and Yahoo, please don't screw up Tumblr.
0: Yes, for people um, that are avid and rabid mm-hmm. Tumblr fans. Um, if you think they were angry at you, if you thought your users were angry at you before, um, they're going to be a
1: whole lot angrier going forward. Well, it's also worth noting, Tumblr users are kind of crazy, so they might actually kill you. <laughs> I'm not actually joking. It's a jungle out there. It is, it is a very different place.
0: I think it's a pretty good place to sort of put a bow on this conversation, don't you think? I believe so. We hope that you have enjoyed today's program in our new format. We're going to be covering lots of conversations on what's happening now in social media and marketing. And if you've got a topic that you would like to hear us discuss, if you've got an opinion, feel free to drop us a line at morethanafewwords.com. Also, you can always find us on Twitter, at Roundpeg. Allison, any closing thoughts? No, thanks for joining us in this new format, and we would love to hear from you. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.